In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, Amen. My Lord and my God, I firmly believe that you are here, that you see me, that you hear me. I adore you with profound reverence. I ask your pardon for my sins and the grace to make this time of prayer fruitful. My Immaculate Mother, Saint Joseph, my Father and Lord, my Guardian Angel, intercede for me. As you probably know, tomorrow is the solemnity of the Ascension, when our Lord ascends into heaven. It happened after all those absolutely luminous days, after which our Lord had spent so much time forming the disciples, preparing them, giving each one of them a specific role and a specific uh, mission. He was teaching them, and they had learned so many things from him. And he was really entrusting them with a very, very great responsibility. And probably they didn't think that he would just kind of get up and leave. They thought, well, you're just teaching us. We'd, that way we're going to spread out a little bit more, but you'll always be here with us. But really, upon giving them so much responsibility... To continue the work that he was doing, he was really opening up horizons because with Jesus, well, there really not, are no improvisations. There's, everything he did was planned and foreseen. There was no sort of, sort of haphazard approach. And with his planning, it led, of course, to uh, rigorous and constant execution of his plans. And... Um, what the Lord was doing was preparing them ultimately for the Feast of Pentecost, or the Day of Pentecost, when the Holy Spirit would descend upon them. So, how do those two feasts, the Ascension, the Lord going up, and Pentecost, the Holy Spirit coming down, how do they, how do they really work together? Because the Holy Spirit has a purpose, that is, it really is a purpose of moving our minds and our hearts to look up, eh? that is, not just physically up, but to look up to the supernatural dimension of our life, of our work, of our family engagements, of really our whole life, eh? so that we don't simply see it as kind of a passage through this earth and we're here around, sticking around and doing things, and our, as though our life really is just about what we do here and how we look here on earth. And um, so let's try to understand this better. Maybe what we can, I can read you here a, a brief passage from the Catechism of the Catholic Church that explains a little bit what the ascension of our Lord really means. And so the Catechism tends to be very concise, an explanation it's concise, but it's also pretty, like, pretty dense. And it says, quoting here from St. John, And I, when I am lifted from the earth, I will draw all things, all men, to myself. And the Catechism says, Well, the lifting up of Jesus on the cross signifies and announces his lifting 
up by his ascension into heaven and indeed begins it. Jesus Christ, the one priest of the new and eternal covenant, entered into a sanctuary not made by human hands, but in heaven itself, now to appear in the presence of God on our behalf. There, Christ permanently exercises his priesthood, for he always lives to make intercession for those who draw near to God through him. As high priest of the good things to come, he is the center and the principal actor of the liturgy that honors the Father in heaven. So that's already gives us a light. So why did the Lord ascend into heaven? Well, so there he could be with God the Father and intercede for us. That is, he's really there in the presence of God. He acts on our behalf there. And uh, yet we, well, we don't see him. But it doesn't mean he has disappeared. One thing is that he, he may have uh, disappeared. Another thing is that he departed. He never really departed from the apostles. He simply disappeared. It's like we say that the Lord's appearance was kind of covered by a cloud. It's like on a cloudy day, we say, oh, there's, there's no sun today. It's a cloudy day. Yeah, but if you just look above the clouds, it's still like brilliantly sunny. Anyone who's gone on a, on a flight knows that you're, even though it's a very cloudy, even rainy day, you, the plane goes up, 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 and then eventually it goes above the clouds and you see all the clouds. And of course, it's brilliantly and beautifully sunny. Always. It's always like that. Even though you have to go through the clouds. So the sun never disappears. The, not, the sun never takes a break. It's always there. And the same way, uh, the Lord, the Son of God, is always present in our life, even though the clouds kind of hide our view of Him sometimes. And that's why our Lord said, No one has ever gone into heaven except the one who came from heaven, the Son of Man. And our Lord said, It's, it's really for your own good that I leave. Because unless I go away, He said, The Advocate will not come to you. But if I go, I will send Him to you. And that's the essential reason. He goes up to heaven to be our intercessor, but he also sends the Holy Spirit. Jesus came as a baby. He came onto the earth. He came as a man. But that it continues with the Holy Spirit. And indeed, the Holy Spirit, like himself, has no ascension. The Holy Spirit is still present among us. That is God, really present. But he's not visible. We just can't see him. But he, we can certainly at times feel him in our heart. We can feel his, him acting. And that's, that's why he's trying to underline. Right? So that we be good apostles, good effective Christians in the middle of the world. So the Lord has not gone to some distant cloud. He's not gone far away. He's still acting. But he's sent the Holy Spirit to act in us. Maybe you heard that legend. It's a legend. This is not a true story, but it's a legend. I think it comes from the Eastern Orthodox Church about Jesus ascending into heaven. Okay, so he's going, ascending, he's on his way to heaven there. And on his way there, he meets the archangel Gabriel. Of course, Gabriel's up there somewhere, right? And um, Gabriel says, Jesus, uh, like, where are you, like, going? Um... 
I thought you were supposed to be on earth, like with the apostles and stuff. And he says, no, 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 Gabriel, I guess you didn't get the memo. Look, I am going to heaven, to God the Father, and uh, this, is, this is the plan that I have, right? And, uh, and so Gabriel's going, wait, well, wait a minute. Uh, so what do you mean the plan? Well, yeah, yeah, because I've entrusted Peter to head the church. James, I've, he- I've entrusted him with the church of Jerusalem. I'm going to choose Paul. He's going to be the apostle of the Gentiles. And then James and John. Well, John's going to write the, the gospel. And then Luke, see, that's Luke over there. And he's looking down. And the whole earth is like like dark, 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 dark. And there's, except in Jerusalem, there's just a, like a nice little few lights down in Jerusalem. And they're, they're kind of like moving and they're starting to spread. And he says, well, as I was saying, Luke is going to write the gospel. Matthew, you remember Matthew, the kind of autistic one? Well, he's going to write another gospel. And, uh, and Gabriel is kind of listening to this, what, what is basically Jesus' plan. And, uh, and he says, well, they're there now. They're kind of weak and, and, and scared. But I'm going to go to heaven. And then I'm going to send the Holy Spirit, the second person of the Blessed Trinity. I'm going to, uh, the third person rather, I'm going to send him uh, to be with the apostles, give them strength on the day of Pentecost. That's, that's the plan. And Gabriel's looking and saying, yeah, but what, what if Peter screws up? What if, what if it doesn't work? What if your plan doesn't work? Mm-hmm. Do you have a backup plan? And Jesus looks at Gabriel and says, Gabriel, I have no backup plan. That's the plan. In other words, um, he is entrusting this important uh, responsibility uh, to the apostles. And, um, and this is very important eh, that uh, we feel that we are part of God's plan in our, in our life, that with our baptism and with our confirmation, Jesus does indeed send us out with a specific mission to bring his word throughout the world. And those lights that you could see there indeed started spreading and the whole earth started to be covered with those lights, which are really the lights of the gospel, of the truth, the true and, and, the, and the beautiful. And um, we can ask ourselves, you know, about of all the millions of people in the world who call themselves Christians or followers of Christ or Catholics, right? How many are really sharing the gospel these days? You know, sometimes just pure political correctness has embedded itself in our minds, right? among the masses, slowly and surely, slowly and surely, uh, you know, it can be sometimes considered inappropriate to share one's faith, to talk about our faith, like with our friends and uh, we see this in television in movies right there was a time in which it was quite normal to speak about the faith in movies and things like that but now it's like uh, they're considered right wing or I don't know what they're they're maligned and uh, and so this is what happens when people really decide not to share their faith not to follow along with that plan that God has some people just say to you, oh, maybe you shouldn't talk about religion. That's your personal thing. That's just your personal, you know. And, and there's even uh, an animosity, right? And it takes certain bravery for somebody even to just say that I'm Catholic and I, and I support the faith and I believe in the faith. And it's true that it takes a certain um, courage to say that today. And um, in the early church, it, uh, I mean, the Roman Empire was pagan and 
but the you know the chief cause of the enthusiasm among the early Christians was that they decided just to speak to their friends about Christ, about the love of God. It wasn't like elicited to them. It wasn't done, let's say, by some hierarchy or by some powers. It was just ordinary people uh, talking to their friends about the love of God, about who Jesus was. About that. They were just starting to uh, apostolate. And uh, one second century uh, philosopher, his name was Celsus, uh, he said he, he, he was he was anti-Christian. He wasn't uh, he wasn't really uh, in favor of that. He said he complained when he saw that the faith was growing. He said that that uh, weavers and teachers are constantly talking about Jesus. That's why it's spreading. Mm-hmm. And he tried to stop them from speaking about Jesus. Or another philosopher, Pliny, a pagan philosopher, he said. The infection has spread through the cities, villages, and countries, and, and, and country districts. For them, the good news was a contagion, and it spread personal contact that nothing could stop. You know, that's how people got COVID. They went to a place where other people, personal contact, and then you got COVID. Not because you spoke necessarily to them, but that's how, people, that's how COVID spread. Well, obviously... The faith is not a virus, it's not a, a contagion in that sense, but we do have to uh, you know, spread the faith, talk about it. It is really our responsibility, because we are now in a very secularized culture. Why is that? Why is that we're such a secularized culture? I mean, Canada and the US and Europe used to be very, very Christian. Very, a lot of the a lot of the basic laws and the moral tone was largely influenced by Judeo-Christian ideals. But there were then oppositions, some were atheists, some were secularists, some were agnostics, and uh, secularists, and they started uh, sort of talking about their own views. Okay, they can do that, but the problem is that the Christians never... (laughs) never engaged them. They just said, okay, let's be silent. Let's just have their ideas. And then, so those ideas started spreading more and more in, in society. So, you know, the, the Lord said to, said to them, go into the whole world. He said to them, right? Go, do not be afraid. And they went and they started preaching everywhere. And they split up and went to different cities, different countries, different continents, and they ended up learning different languages. They traveled by land, on horseback, on foot, by sea. And they went to the furthest destinations that they could imagine. And, um, and in some places, they were very much listened to. Others, they were laughed at and derided. They were considered fools. They were sometimes stoned, and sometimes they were just executed. Sometimes they're just cast out of the city. But they really took seriously the apostolic mandate of Jesus. Go into the whole world, baptizing them in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And that's the last thing that Jesus said to them before he ascended. And so let us ask ourselves, uh, you know, um, to what extent we are going out like that. And let us not be afraid because the Holy Spirit is with us. God is with us and the Lord Jesus is interceding for us to make us uh, effective uh, apostles. 
just think how often have I ever spoken to a friend or anybody for that matter about the love of Jesus but we have to know who he is we have to learn about him in the gospel and so forth hey? and our blessed mother we call her queen of apostles of course she reigns there with our Lord and she too she's our queen she's our mother she too will intercede for us I thank you my God for the good resolutions affections and inspirations you communicated to me in this meditation I ask you how to put them into effect my Immaculate Mother, Saint Joseph, my Father and Lord, my Guardian Angel, intercede.